Can your bad luck get even worse? You're headed for your worst vacation ever. While the rest of your family is vacationing in Hawaii, you have to work on your Uncle Norbert's pig farm, raising money to replace the roof you accidentally destroyed with your gunpowder rocket. Suddenly, the bus you are on sputters to a halt. It's still six miles away from the farm. You're hot, hungry, tired and thirsty, and big dark clouds are building up on the horizon. It'll take hours before a tow truck arrives and gets you going again. If you decide to get off the bus and walk, turn to page double ought. If you decide to try to get some sleep until the tow truck comes, turn to page double ought. But be careful, this bad day could get a lot worse. You might get caught in the middle of a terrible storm, sucked up into a tornado, or you may finally make it to your uncle's pig farm where your adventures really begin. What happens next in the story? It all depends on the choices you make. How does the story end? Only you can find out. And the best part is that you can keep reading and rereading until you've had not one, but many incredibly daring experiences. You're the star. Double Ought Exciting Endings. Choose Your Own Adventure Book 100, The Worst Day of Your Life, by Edward Packard, illustrated by Frank Bull. Welcome to Incredibly Daring, a podcast where we read vintage choose-your-own-adventure books to each other and make generally poor decisions. I'm Jeremy. I'm Jason. I'm Connie. And I forgot that this is a first print. They forgot to actually put the page numbers and stuff on the back of the book, so everything is double hot. <laughs> oh, I wondered if that's just because it's book number 100. Nope. It's because they fucked up and forgot to put all the page numbers in there, so it's just all the default stuff. Really? Yep. Huh. Yeah, it's a typo. It's just oh. A, just a typo. Interesting. That's a... Pretty big typo. Yep. This uh, this cover art is garbage. <laughs> oh my god. Everything is out of proportion. Wow. Kind of um, Salvador Dali-ish. And it doesn't... <laughs> Everything's all melty. Book 100, though, is prominent on there twice. Yep. You really want to get that across. Interesting. Yeah. So the, uh, the cover artist, her name is Catherine Huerta. And uh, she's done a few of these painting covers, and this is, most of them are fine. This one is, for some reason, awful, and I have no idea why. <laughs> like, it just looks like everything is bent out of proportion, and this bull is, there's a bull busting through a window on the cover, and it is gigantic. Yeah, it is. Just trying to show what the worst day of her life might have looked like. <laughs> yeah. Is that well, the same one who did that rock star cover? Because that looks like the same Rockstar. Boy. Which Rockstar cover? Oh, oh it, You Are Superstar? Where you have the uh, the, jean, the denim cutoff jacket on and you're playing the... Yeah, yeah I think she did that. One. She also did the cover of... Um, is it Hurricane? <laughs> where we're sitting in the life raft and uh-huh. Jason's in the back. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. Cool. So her covers are generally pretty good. This one is just awful, though. This one is not good at all. But uh, an interesting turn of events there is writing in the book but it is not the name of the person who owned it it says love auntie louise z <laughs> l-o-u-i-s-e-e-z-i-e louise z uh-huh okay <laughs> anyway 
Somebody's aunt bought this for somebody, and... Somebody the aunt who doesn't know how to spell her own name. Mm-hmm. Yep, and also doesn't know who she bought this book from. <laughs> it doesn't say anywhere in the book. So whoever you are, we have your book. You can't have it back. There's also an interesting little... Uh, it's not really an author's note. Pre-preface. It's like a publisher's note. Oh. It's on the inside cover. It's not even on a page. It says... The first 10 years. Welcome to book 100. Choose Your Own Adventure has been a successful series for more than 10 years. It all started in 1969 when Edward Packard was telling a bedtime adventure story to his children. Growing tired himself, he paused to ask them what they thought the main character should do next in the story. From the answers his children gave, an idea began to form in Mr. Packard's mind. On the train to work the next day, he began fantasizing about what would happen if books could have more than one ending. Inspired, he wrote a multiple storyline book starring you, the reader. Mr. Packard called it The Adventures of You on Sugarcane Island. At about the same time, R.A. Montgomery was designing and writing educational role-playing simulation games for the Peace Corps in Washington, D.C. Oh, wonder what those are like. No shit. (laughs) By 1975, he had become the publisher of a small press in northern Vermont. When he received Mr. Packard's first manuscript, Mr. Montgomery realized that the role-playing aspect of the book would be a strong motivational device for young readers. The manuscript was published and became an instant success. Soon, R.A. Montgomery and Edward Packard interested Bantam Books with the idea. The result is the Choose Your Own Adventure series. Now, 10 years and 100 books later, Edward Packard and R.A. Montgomery continue to write Choose Your Own Adventure books for you, the reader. We hope you continue to enjoy them. For at least 84 more books. <laughs> <laughs> that being said, be prepared for the worst day of your life. Yeah. Perhaps the worst book of your life. <laughs> Warning! Do not read this book straight through from beginning to end. These pages contain many different adventures that you may have on what starts as the worst day of your life. From time to time as you read along, you'll be asked to make a choice. Your choice may lead to success or disaster. Probably disaster, considering. The adventures you have are the result of your choices. You are responsible because you choose. After you make a choice, follow the instructions to see what happens to you next. Think carefully before you make a decision. Sometimes you have one of those days where nothing goes right. Even if you do manage to make it through your summer vacation in one piece, you may not live happily ever after. Good love. Sounds like the worst life of your life. I mean, this book's about this year. You never used to be superstitious. In fact, you didn't even give it a second thought on Friday the 13th when a black cat crossed your path while you were walking under a stepladder. (laughs) (laughs) The triple whammy. (laughs) How do you even put yourself in that position? Just, I mean... I mean, I could probably put myself in that position as I have a black cat. You would need a black cat. But I don't even know. I mean, except maybe when I was a, I guess, okay, a kid maybe used to walk under ladders, I guess. Okay, never mind. Question withdrawn. (laughs) All right. But the way things have been going lately, you're beginning to wonder about all this superstition stuff. All of a sudden, it seems like your luck has changed. The other day, the rocket you set off in your backyard came down on the neighbor's house and burned a big hole in the roof. That didn't sit well with your folks, coming as it did just a few weeks after you were suspended from school. Why did we tell them about that? <laughs> Todd, why's the carpet all wet? <laughs> Run in the house and pretend it wasn't. Yeah, I don't you. know where that rocket came no. from. 
You were in the gym listening to the radio when you accidentally bumped against a control switch and played jailhouse rock over the public address oh, system. No. Scandal. <sighs> That's probably the most offensive song that ever Patrick has ever heard. So. <laughs> that sounds angry. <laughs> he could just see Elvis's hips shaking uh-huh. <laughs> over the radio. You were in the gym listening to the radio when you accidentally bumped against the control switch and played Fuck the Police. Over the <laughs> there we go. Yeah. To make things worse, while the rest of your family is vacationing in Hawaii, you have to spend your summer raising money to replace your neighbor's roof. You're now on a bus headed for Moo Mud, Ohio. Moon Mud? No. Moo Mud. Oh, Moo Mud. Equally as good. That, that translates to cow shit. Yes. Cow shit, Ohio. Okay. All right. To work on your Uncle Norbert's pig farm. The bus trip has been long, hot, and cramped. You're queasy from bouncing up and down in the seat. The bus needs new shock absorbers, or better yet, it should be scrapped. Man, you're never going to forget this this summer. Mm-hmm. It's past your dinner time now. You pull out the chicken sandwich you bought. <laughs> Fucking chicken sandwich, right? You pull out the chicken sandwich you bought before you got on the bus. There was supposed to be a Coke in the bag, but they forgot to pack it. The sandwich smells kind of funny. Fucking DoorDash, man. <laughs> swear to God. No, you bought this from a gas station. <laughs> you soon see why. There are tiny black bugs crawling around in the mayonnaise. Ew. You quickly put the sandwich back in its brown paper bag and toss it on the floor. On the floor? On the floor. <laughs> Out the window, kid. Yeah. Suddenly, the engine backfires, coughs, and dies. You hit it that hard. (laughs) The bus lurches to a stop. Everyone groans. Damn it, kid. Fucking sandwich. (laughs) The driver spends 20 minutes trying to get the engine started. Finally, he stands up, cups his hand to his mouth. We ain't going nowhere, folks. For about two hours. It will take us about that long to get a tow around here. If we're lucky. It's about six miles to Moo Mud. If anyone wants to walk, you'll probably get there faster. You're already four hours late getting to Moo Mud. You overslept and missed your bus. Oh, whose fault is that? (laughs) Well, it's whoever made that alarm clock's fault, Mm -hmm. obviously. And the bus you're on was delayed because they said there might be tornadoes and flash floods. If you get off the bus and walk, turn to page 56. If you wait till the tow truck comes, turn to page 9. Yeah. And we're going to be an outside boy in this one? Yeah, I think we're going to have to walk. Yeah, let's get some, some tornadoes. Sitting on a cramped bus with all these motherfuckers, with, and especially the nasty sound who just left on the floor. Yeah. I don't want to be around that sound no, any like, longer than in, I need to. Enjoy your gift. Six miles isn't far. Okay. You strap on your backpack, get off the bus, and start walking up the road. Like an outside boy. You're on your own. The other passengers are mostly old folks, or they have heavy suitcases, so they're going to wait for the tow truck. There's hardly any traffic as you walk, maybe one car or truck every half hour. You're hot, thirsty, hungry, and tired. And not hitchhiking for some reason. Yeah. But you continue on walking. Well, considering it's the worst day of your life, you're going to get picked up by a pedo or something. (laughs) True. Serial killer and wind up in a... Pig farm. Yeah, buried (laughs) under a pig farm. (laughs) Fed to the pigs by your uncle. But you continue on, walking as fast as you can. Overhead, big dark clouds are building up in the west. You trudge along the dusty road. The wind is picking up, blowing sticks and leaves around, making it harder to walk. The sun has set by now. It's getting dark fast. 
A truck roars by, kicking up a lot of dust. You get a speck in your eye. You try to get it out, pulling your eyelid open a little. You keep blinking. You think maybe it's out now, but you can't really tell. Your eye is really irritated. A van going away screeches to a halt. The driver yells at you. Do you need a lift? I got candy. Is it a white, is it a white panel van? <laughs> yeah, I got candy in oh here, kid. <laughs> He's wearing a dirty blue denim shirt and a baseball cap, chewing a toothpick and snorting. Oh, and sporting about a three. Oh. <laughs> I was thinking of all the things he might be snorting. I'm yeah. like, <laughs> pixie sticks. <laughs> sporting about a three-day growth of beard. You know you shouldn't accept rides from strangers, but you're really tired and feeling discouraged. Besides, those black clouds are really bearing down. It's going to start pouring any minute now. If you get in the van, turn to page seven. If you decide not to accept the lift, turn to page 110. I want some of that candy. Heck yeah, let's get in that van. Yeah. Candy time it is. What could go wrong? What could go wrong? <laughs> Probably not all the things... That we're thinking. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you hop in the van, accepting the driver's offer of a lift. The driver guns his engine. The van accelerates down the road, headed straight toward the oncoming storm. How much farther to Moomud, you ask? No answer. I said, how much farther? He suddenly turns down a side road, swerving so hard you're thrown against the door. Damn it. What the? You start yelling, but suddenly you stop. You're looking at something you've only seen in pictures. A dark, funnel-shaped column coming down from the clouds. It's moving along the road you were just on. Hey, a tornado, you scream. The driver speeds up. Do you think I'm blind? His voice is drowned out by a roar that sounds like a jet plane coming at you. The van moves along against the wind. The tornado soon passes down the road, leaving a cloud of dust and debris behind you. Lucky for this turnoff, or we would have been goners, the driver says. He swings back onto the main road, which is now littered with branches, sticks, and rocks, and is full of potholes. Everyone in that bus is dead. <laughs> yeah. The van practically shakes apart as it moves along. It's dark by now and raining so hard you wonder how the driver can see. Then you make out lights up ahead. A minute later, the van pulls up at a gas station. You can get off here, the driver says. Huh? This is Moobud. Oh, thanks. You hop down into a puddle. The van drives off so fast it splashes water all over you. It doesn't matter. The rest of you is soaked through within seconds from the rain pouring down. You can buy another chicken sandwich. I mean, you've already had one lucky break by not getting swept up in a tornado, so... Well, and not murdered, yeah. so that's two. Two, yes, <laughs> that is two lucky breaks. She's had a pretty good day so far. Mm-hmm. All said and done. You stand in front of the gas station. It's shut down for the night, along with everything else in Moomud. The rain is pouring down on you. The only light comes from a glaring white rotating beacon over the Caxco oil sign. There's a phone booth outside the gas station, but the phone's been ripped out of it. You look up and down the street into the blackness. You don't know which way is east and which is west, but even if you did, it wouldn't help. You need to ask for directions, and you have a feeling you could stand there shivering in the rain for hours before anyone came along. You start down the street and come to an intersection. There are a couple of street lamps lit on a side street. When you reach the first lamppost, you laugh out loud. There's a sign stapled around it that says, Lost, Pet Alligator, Sawtooth, Nickname Snappy, Age 12, Color Green. If found, don't get too close. Call 555-2373. Oh, where, did, where is our uncle living? <laughs> this has to be a joke, you think. In Ohio? Yeah. Yeah. You walk down the dark side street a dozen more steps. Then, without warning, your footing gives way. Suddenly, you're falling. Serve our parents right if we died here. Splash! You land in the murky waters of a fast-moving stream. 
It smells terrible. It's only about four feet deep, but the current is so fast you can't get a foothold on the slimy bottom. You stick your head up and try to keep it out of the disgusting water, but you still swallow a little. No. Even though you're a good swimmer, you can't make it to the side to pull yourself out. Then you see something up ahead. It looks like you're about to enter some kind of tunnel. No, that's where Snappy is. (laughs) Then you start to panic. Or that clown. (laughs) (laughs) The tunnel is actually a corrugated pipe about 10 feet wide. Unless you do something fast, you're going to be swept up into Moomud's sewage system. Mm. You notice an object floating right next to you. You could climb onto it and try to jump from there to the shore. But then you remember the sign you saw. That long, dark shape could be the missing alligator. If that's the case, you might as well let the current take you through the pipe and hope for the best. If you try to climb on the floating object, turn to page 21. If you let the current take you, turn to page 63. I don't want to go see that clown. I'd rather climb on Snappy. I kind of want to go down the sewer to see if Just they to actually see? to see if they actually made to it see if a they sewer. Actually all float down there. Yeah. Well, okay. That yeah. That's... But also, but also to see if they actually made it a sewer. Yeah. Because it's not really a sewer. Okay. Let's go. Let's but, go down. But this... I also do want to see if the floating thing is Snappy. I'm sure so. it is. Well, yeah. Let's go down the sewer. All right. We're gonna see if it floats. <laughs> all right. We're going to do the opposite of what my mind is telling us to do in this one. You decide to let the current take you and try not to think about where you might end up as you enter the storm sewer. A few seconds later, the sewer pipe dumps you into a broad river. The current isn't as strong here and you easily make it to the shore. Huh. If it really was a sewer, though, it would have been warmer in there. So It's true. You know, It could have been a lot worse, you think, as you pull yourself out of the water and flop down on the big mossy rock. Then you realize you're not alone. Your companion on the rock almost seems to be smiling, but when he opens his huge jaws, it doesn't seem so friendly anymore. You stare horrified at the rows of jagged teeth, inches from your face. We found him. Then the jaws snap shut. What started out as the worst day of your life is also your last. The end. (laughs) Serves our parents right. You can't even write a letter to the city about putting like a great on that thing. Well, and I mean, the worst thing is we didn't even get a chance to call his owner and let him know that yeah, we found we him. We found him. Yeah. Where's our reward money? Yeah. So, we could... <gasps> that could have paid for the roof, and then we wouldn't have to be in the shithole town. Oh, yeah. Damn it. Probably wouldn't have paid. Roofs are freaking expensive. No, that's true. <laughs> so, well, I mean... I bet have... pet alligators are probably expensive, too, though. I, so. Well, if you had caught him and skinned him and turned him into boots, you could have paid for the roof. Oh. Hmm, true. Yeah, think outside the box, guys. Boots and a purse, matching purse. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we could either climb onto what I assume is also snappy, right? Climb. Or we could go further back and not get into the dude's van. I like the dude's van. Okay, I don't so know. climb onto this from a hurricane. Yeah, I'd say let's climb on top. Climb of on the top, snappy. Okay. All right, that might not be snappy. Okay. The object floating next to you turns out to be a big poop. Sorry. Turns out to be a huge log. (laughs) (laughs) Same thing. It's too slippery to climb on top of, but you're able to hang on. Suddenly it bumps into something under the water and veers off until it's tangled in some uprooted trees along the shore. It's not easy, but you make your way through the branches. You're covered with sharp thorns. By the time you're able to climb up out of the water, you've picked up some nasty looking scratches. Oh, so now we have like Giardia and some sort of flesh-eating river bacteria. You hope they're not infected from the dirty water. Uh-huh. You stand, shivering for a few minutes, then trudge towards a nearby road. When you reach it, you find a rusty, dented pickup truck. It 
its engine running on idle. Then you hear a faint voice calling from somewhere nearby. Sawtooth! Here, Sawtooth! Come to Papa! Here, Snappy! <laughs> Time to get deliveranced. <laughs> <laughs> you follow the mournful voice until you find its owner, a frail-looking elderly man holding a flashlight. He almost jumps out of his skin when he sees you. It's no wonder you're covered all over with slime from the filthy ditch and blood from the scratchy thorns. Please, sir, could you help me? You ask in what you hope is a meek-sounding voice. Don't suppose you've seen an alligator, he says, ignoring your plea. Not yet, you say, but if you'll just help me get out to my Uncle Norbert's farm, I'd be glad to help you look for him. Her, he says sharply. Sawtooth's a girl. Okay. All right. Man shines his flashlight into your muddy face. I can tell by the look of you, you're related to Norbert. You look just like one of his kids. He turns upward and walks off towards the pickup truck with surprising speed. Then he stops and calls out to you. What you hanging there for? We've got an alligator to find. Get in the pickup. You hesitate. The old man seems harmless, but he's awfully strange. On the other hand, it could be hours until anyone else comes by to help you. Do you have any candy, sir? <laughs> if you go with the old man, turn to page 68. If you wait for other help, turn to 20. I'm all for jumping into cars with strangers. Yep, let's do it yeah. again. All right. Keep pressing your bad luck. <laughs> His alligator wife. Let's go find her. <laughs> yep. <laughs> you climb into the back of the pickup truck, grateful to be out of the rain at last. The old man puts the truck in gear, and soon you're creeping along at about two miles per hour. Excellent. You sigh. At this rate, you'll never get to where you're going. I take it you're a friend of Uncle Norbert's, you say. Didn't say I was a friend. Said I knew him. Oh, us Grumbacks have been neighbors of his for 45 years. Just then he slams on the brakes, which, I mean, going two miles an hour, who cares? <laughs> no, yeah. He peers out the windshield at something just ahead. Through the pouring rain, you can just make out two little red lights that seem to be floating about eight inches off the road. Mr. Grumback points excitedly. That's her, that's Sawtooth! He grabs a rope and opens the door of the pickup. Come on, help me put her in the back! You stand there staring at Sawtooth. She must be nine feet long. Hi there, Sawtooth. Bet you're glad to see me, says Mr. Grumback. He holds out the rope. Not really. I tried to run. Look, I brought your leash. The old man leans down to put the rope around her neck. But just then, Sawtooth opens her enormous jaws. The old man jerks his arm back just as they snap shut. Poor thing's so upset she doesn't recognize me, he says sadly. <laughs> Guess I'll have to truss her up. <laughs> Again. Jump on her, kid. <laughs> With astonishing speed, he grabs her around the head and wraps the rope around her jaws. The two of them wrestle, rolling around in the muddy road until finally Sawtooth snaps and nuzzles her huge head against Mr. Grumback's chest. True love. Mm -hmm. So now you want to kiss and make up, he says. Okay, let's go. Which wow. have various meanings in this sentence. <laughs> so many meanings. <laughs> two of you manage to push Sawtooth up the tailgate and onto the back of the pickup. A few minutes later, just as the sun climbs over the horizon, Mr. Grumback lets you off at the end of the muddy driveway to your Uncle Norbert's farm. He was very strange, and you're glad to be rid of him. You'll probably see him again as he's his neighbor, and there's only like 50 people in this town. Well, I'm pretty town. sure there's some sort of family feud. Yeah. Good thing his alligator didn't end up murdering you. There'd be even more of a feud. Right. Yeah. Even though it's very early in the morning, you see signs of activity as you finally near your Uncle Norbert's ramshackle house. The place looks just the way you remember it. 
peeling paint, sagging porch, broken TV antenna dangling over the edge of the roof. But you're plenty glad to see it. Can't wait to get into a nice hot shower and wash the muck and slime off your weary body. <laughs> you think he has a shower? Yeah. <laughs> it was the cleaning tub out back. Mm-hmm. Outhouse. Not to mention the dried blood from the numerous cuts and scratches you've gotten since you left home yesterday. Just then, the front door creaks open and a tall, broad figure in greasy overalls appears. Hi, Uncle Norbert, you say? Uncle Norbert scowls. Where have you been? Had a few weather delays, you say, not even knowing where to begin to describe all that you've been through. Just then you hear voices shouting and hoofbeats rapidly approaching. Your uncle's enormous black bull thunders into view, head lowered, its vicious-looking horns ready to strike. The bull is bucking and snorting. It's only about 40 feet away. There's no place to hide. You could stay where you are and hope the bull ignores you, or you could make a run for it and hope it doesn't catch up with you. If you stay where you are, turn to page 81. If you make a run for it, turn to page 17. Say run? I mean, I kind of want to do the opposite of what my brain's telling me, so I kind of want to stay now. Yeah, I mean, I was going to maybe say there's like the whole matador yeah. theory, you know, stand in place and. Let's stand. Oh, we don't have a cape, but I don't know. Let's, let's stand and wait. Stand okay. our ground. You don't make a move, but the bull does. He's charging right at you. You squeeze your eyes shut and put your hands over your ears, not wanting to see or hear what's about to happen. Mm -hmm. Maybe he'll ignore you. You can feel the earth under your feet trembling as the enormous bull gets closer and closer. You feel its hot breath against your neck, then something sharp like a knife cutting across your shirt from shoulder to shoulder. But for some reason, you don't feel any pain. You figure you're probably in shock. Any second now, it'll be over, you tell yourself, as you wait for your body to keel over into the mud. Suddenly, a hand claps you on the back, right where your gaping wound must be. (laughs) Well, it's about time for breakfast. You jerk your eyes open. It's your Uncle Norbert, and he's acting as if there's nothing wrong with you. As you walk along beside him, toward the house, you realize there isn't. By some miracle, the bull slashed your shirt open without leaving a mark. Hungry as you are, there's something you want even more than food. A nice hot shower to clean the mud and sweat off your itchy body. So, the end. <laughs> yippee skippy for that whole section. That then was fucking weird as hell. Is he our dad's brother or mom's brother? Because he you know says what? he's even related. Right? <laughs> that would have really probably also made them mad had he gotten us killed by his bull. Yeah. Mind if I shower before we eat, you ask? Sorry, but we can't oblige, your Uncle Herbert replies. Wow. Our water tank is still dry as a bone. The electricity's been off for the, most of the week. Came on for just a little while last night, but it wasn't on near long enough to help with the situation any. What year is this? <laughs> 1990. 1884. <laughs> with a hopeless feeling, you look down at your grimy hands. You pull a strand of hair out of your eyes. It's so dirty it's gotten stiff. I don't know what the fuck that means. Yeah. Of course, if you'd like to wash up, there's some rainwater over there, <laughs> Uncle Norbert says, pointing to a barrel. Mm-hmm. But you got to go real easy. That's our drinking water. Oh. Good lord. Just then you hear a whoop, and a boy and girl appear in the distance, running towards you and your uncle. Great, our cousins. Oh, maybe we can go use the neighbor's shower. Or mm-hmm. rain barrel. I don't know if you want Mr. Grum. Shower Mr. Crumpack's house either. As they come nearer, you recognize the flat, dirt-streaked faces of your cousins, Dora and Mitchell. We finally got him in the barn, Papa, Mitchell says excitedly, ignoring you. Old Fred runs mighty slow for a bull. 
But he managed to get all the way to Mrs. Barlow's, Dora points out. Trampled every single one of her flower beds. Yeah, I seen them. Hope to heck I don't have to, your uncle says with a glum look on his face. But I know that neighbor of ours will be here any second to try and drag me over to her place and show me the damage. Here she comes, shrieks Dora, jumping up and down, pointing down the driveway. You follow her finger to a very surprising sight. A shiny silver Porsche is streaking towards you. Oh, maybe she has shower. Dora gives you a sly smile. This ought to be good. Mitchell grabs your arm. Who needs it? Let's go for a swim. You're curious to see what's going to happen next. But a swim sounds tempting too. No, it doesn't. If you stay and watch what happens, turn to page 46. If you go for a swim with your cousin Mitchell, turn to page 48. Oh no, I want to see how this plays out. Swim or ride in a Porsche. Yeah. Because... Well... To be fair, it's probably more slap ass with Mitchell or see what or go right in a Porsche. Or watch the sexual tension between your uncle and this woman. Let's do that. Yeah. Because <laughs> I don't know if we have an aunt in this scenario. We haven't met her. Maybe a future aunt. Maybe. Uh-huh. I mean, we're not getting fed and we're not getting clean, probably in either scenario. So let's see well, how And this we haven't slept out. all night either. Right. Like we've been walking and or bummy rides with strangers all night long. Yeah. The Porsche is a real beauty. It's a pleasure just to watch it racing along as it navigates around the ruts in your Uncle Norbert's driveway. When it comes to an abrupt halt right in front of you, it splashes mud in your face. Yeah. <laughs> We're not clean, so. The driver, a woman with bait... Really? The woman, a driver with beige hair... And wearing a lot of fancy jewelry. Beige hair, huh? <laughs> to match her beige clothing, I guess. <laughs> That's an odd descriptor for hair. Yep. Gets out and stomps over to your uncle. When she whips off her wraparound sunglasses, you can tell by the look in her eyes she is angry. How you doing today, Mrs. Barlow? Says your uncle. His voice is amazingly calm. Norbert Skanks, this is the last straw. <laughs> Oh, is our last name Skanks? <laughs> At least his name is. She replies furiously. That horrid creature of yours has just decimated my flower beds, and I want to know what you're going to do about it. Your uncle takes his beat-up hat off his head, scratches his scalp, and puts the hat back on. What happened was, poor critter got scared because of the storm, he explained. It was just one of those things that happens once in a while. Once in a while? More like once every few weeks. Well, this time you're not getting away with it. If you don't pay for the damage, I'll sue. She then lowers her voice to a mean-sounding poor. Unless, of course, you'd be willing to accept my offer to buy you out of this wretched dump. Oh, I thought she was going to make different offers. Oh, yeah, me too. Mm-hmm. Like, woo. Mm. Your Uncle Norbert clenches his... Okay. <laughs> Your Uncle Norbert clenches his face like a fist. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? What? <laughs> Sell my pig farm? Never! He turns to his daughter. Dora, go get some eggs! Yes, Papa, she says, getting off towards the hen house. That's not even a saying, clench. It's just your face, face like a fist. fist. What the? <laughs> it might be my favorite sentence in the whole book. <sighs> you, Mrs. Barlow, and your uncle wait in tension-filled silence until your cousin Dora returns, a carton of eggs in her hand. Your Uncle Norbert takes the carton from her and hands it to Mrs. Barlow. You'll just have to accept my apology along with a dozen eggs. I thought he was going to egg your car for a <laughs> minute. <laughs> I'll accept neither, says Mrs. Barlow. 
She climbs back into her Porsche and turns on the motor. You'll be hearing from my lawyers, she says icily. Then she pulls a fast U-turn and races off. Is it a good time to ask if I can use your shower? <laughs> you don't want to get splattered with mud again, so you step back a few feet, right into a big brown puddle. No. Mm-hmm. You can feel the mud squishing between your toes as you follow your uncle and your cousin through the patched screen door into the kitchen. You wonder if they feel as dejected as you do. Just tracking mud all yeah, over the house. house. Well, it's probably already It's probably dirt, dirt floors uh-huh. and stuff. I don't know why I didn't offer to send the kids and you over to replant her garden. Or maybe just to trade for the damages. Yeah, have these children. Here, have some children. Dinner that night is grim. There's still no electricity, so you eat by the flickering light of an oil lamp. Your Aunt Bonnie has served meatloaf and Brussels sprouts covered in gravy as thick as tar. Mm. It's a good thing you can't really see what it looks like. You try to pry a Brussels sprout loose from the gravy as you listen to your Uncle Norbert. That woman will never give us a moment's peace until she gets her hands on our farm, he says. Your Aunt Bonnie puts her fork down. Her eyes look hollow in the eerie light. Well, Miss Bigelow could just forget that idea, she says. Pig farming's your life, Norbert. <laughs> you succeeded in prying the Brussels sprouts loose, but before you can eat it, your aunt reaches over and pours more gravy over them. <laughs> no wonder you're not eating, she says. You need more gravy. <laughs> Mitchell and Dora are already helping themselves to seconds. You manage to force down a few bites. After dinner, your Aunt Bonnie shows you to your room. You crawl gratefully into bed and bang your head against something hard. It's the pillow. (laughs) You toss it onto the floor, better off without it. Your room is over the kitchen. You fall asleep with the oniony smell of leftover meatloaf mingling with the pungent odor of the pigsty just outside your window. You promise never to do bad again, because this (laughs) is hell. The next morning, you learn all about pigs. Theirs is a simple lifestyle. Roll around in the mud, Oink at other pigs who get in the way. D eat, eat. Skanks pig farm. <laughs> Skanks and pigs as far as the eye could see. <laughs> that means the main duty of the pig farmer is to feed, feed, feed. What these pigs love most is the greasy mixture. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what these pigs love most is a greasy mixture of leftover garbage. They just can't get enough of the stuff, and it's your job to see that they get plenty. It's impossible to empty a bucket of this pig slop into their feeding troughs without splashing it all over your jeans and sneakers. By the end of the summer, when you said goodbye to the pig farming, you calculate you've carried 3,239 heavy, smelly buckets of slops. But there's a payoff you never expected. Your arms and shoulders, in fact your whole body, gotten incredibly strong. Yeah, you're Jack now. Once you're back in school, you quickly become a star athlete, excelling in swimming, baseball, gymnastics, tennis, track, uh, classical music, rock music, <laughs> and every other sport you try. The summer was your worst, but it looks like it's going to be a great year. The end. <laughs> so somehow that turned into a good ending? Yeah. Also, it said the worst day and not that the was- worst that was way more than way a more day. Than summer. <laughs> yeah, it was a whole summer. Also, the whole Porsche lady thing never got resolved. Yeah. Mrs. Barlow. Yeah, we didn't even do anything else with that except her threatening and then driving off. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. That's probably their dynamic, though, honestly. Apparently, none of the neighbors get along. 
It's probably just their dynamic. Something happens. She comes over, bitches about it. He says something hillbilly-ish. He he gives her eggs. (laughs) He he says something hillbilly-ish and tries to give her eggs, and then she huffs and drives off. Mm -hmm. Like, that's probably a daily occurrence. Mm -hmm. I liked that one. (laughs) I actually liked it way more than I thought I would. I did, too, but I also hated it because the face clenching. Like a fist? (laughs) Like a fist. Yes. Why? Why not? How? How is more the more pertinent question there? Because <laughs> yeah, I, I I can't see it. Mm. No, I mean unless your face somehow looks like a hand already. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. No, imagine like um, oh, I don't know what was that that puppet that um, Phyllis Diller had. She had a puppet that kind of looked like her. Lamb chop. No. <laughs> anyway. You just kind of make a fist with its face. Yeah, that's how you do it. And it scrunches its face all up. And I think that's the kind of idea that he was going for. Mm. Oh, heavens, that's terrifying. Mm-hmm. That one? That's the one. Oh, yeah. I vaguely what remember that. What is your name, puppet? I, I think, think it's just Madam. It, Madam. Is it just Madam? I thought it actually had a name. All right, well, eh, whatever. You probably think of Mr. Rogers' puppet that looks... No, I'm not. I was thinking of that puppet specifically. I just thought it had a different name. I mean, the, as far as names go. Oh, yeah, maybe. I don't this know. thing's frightening. <laughs> yeah. So, well, a lot of those puppets. It's a soft I mean, puppet without I mean, makeup on. <laughs> think of all the all the puppets that were in Mister Rogers too. Like, almost all of those were pretty frightening. That's true. Yeah. Like I had nightmares about them. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right. Anyway, um, I guess we all recommend the book. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Gibson yep. sounds unsure about it. I mean, I, I, did, I did like it, and I liked the opportunity, the many opportunities it offered us to get free candy. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. I'd definitely give, it, give, it, give that one a thumbs up. Yeah, so if you want to check out more Children Adventure books, go to CYOA.com. If you want to check out more of Ever Packard stuff, you can go to EverPackard.com. And if you want to see more of our stuff, you can go to IncrediblyDaring.com. I am Jeremy. I'm Jason. I'm Connie. The end.